Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloset. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Have you ever found yourself wondering, is this who I am? And then you ask those questions about, but I can't be this. But then you feel so deeply inside yourself that, yeah, this is me, whether it's you're bisexual or you're gay or you want to be a leader, but you don't know how to step into that space. Or maybe you even find yourself saying, I want to be a world traveler, but you don't allow yourself to go be who you are. That's what we're talking about today. Welcome to another episode of Life Uncloseted. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. And as you all know, this show is all about telling all kinds of uncloseted living stories. But I'm really excited this month because it is Pride Month and we are talking about all kinds of uncloseted stories around LGBTQ and other letters in the alphabet that maybe, maybe you're not even familiar with. And as I thought about guests for this month, I really did think about what is the life you're living that you're denying to yourself, but you yet know this is who you really are. And when I came in contact with today's guests, I thought, oh, this is just another typical bisexual because they can't figure this crap out. That's not really what I thought, because I don't think that way. But what I realized is there's lots of different variations. And as we go and dive in today with Fabian Lutzig, I really want you to keep an open mind. I want you to really be there and think about, huh, maybe there is this other way to be in life. And I'm so glad to have Fabian here today and to have this conversation about, are you just bisexual or is there another option? So Fabian, welcome to the podcast. I am really, really, truly looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, me too. Happy Pride, Rick. Yeah, it is happy Pride. I can't believe we're already here. And yes, Pride's probably a little bit different. Let's all admit we're all starting to come out of COVID in different ways and everything, but still let your pride shine. And um, I, I got to be honest, this is one of the topics, Fabian, that um, we've covered a few times. And it always <laughs> brings up lots of questions because they're like, you know, and I'm, I'm sure you've encountered this because I know from just conversations you and I have already had, but it's like, oh, those bisexuals, they just need to pick a lane, pick a lane. And um, that isn't necessarily true, right? I mean, I hope it isn't. Uh, right. But I just, you know, I, I always like to take both, you know, right. like if I, if I have to decide between, I don't know, chocolate and vanilla or like raspberry and mango or something. I, I like to take both, honestly. And and yeah, so I, I guess it makes sense that that translates into sexuality as well. Yeah. And it's interesting because I know for, yes, for many, many people who come out of the closet and some of you that are listening to this, you probably do remember at some point, even on your journey to being gay or lesbian, which I hate to even say that we're just, we're on a journey right. to really being who we are. Um you probably did land in a space. I know I did for a little bit like, well, maybe I just like both. And then when I realized, you know, after being married for 13 years that, yeah, I could do a relationship with a woman, but man, I really just <laughs> be honest. I want a dick. That's what I wanted. I wanted a man. I wanted to wake up with that, but here's the interesting twist. I do not put it out of the reality that, if the right stars aligned, I could probably be with a woman again. That doesn't mean that's my choice, like right out the gate, but I'm open to that possibility that, you know, it could happen. It's just not something that I go out looking for. So let's kind of really step into your world because you label, kind of label yourself as bisexual, but when did that all start to really like unfold for you? Like, you're like, yeah, I think this is part of who I really am. Yeah, it's so gradual. Honestly, it kind of dawned on me 
so gradually it's like you know cooking a lobster where we, we just raise the temperature just very very slowly mm -hmm. so that they don't jump out of the cooking water and it's just all of a sudden you wake up and you're there and you kind of have you, you, you've been there for a while you just didn't notice it and it's a little bit like as i was thinking about how to describe this the only picture that came to my head was um if you've been underwater and you had your ears full of water and all of a sudden you know that that ear blood like bubble pops and all of a sudden you can hear so much better right <laughs> i love you just that know metaphor. where you are in the world uh -huh. it, it's, it's a little bit like that where it's like oh yeah like i i don't know how i haven't been seeing this right and that's right. why i understand what you mean with you know your journey to being lesbian or whatever that that doesn't really fit how it is because it's it's more of a discovery it is because you've always been there you just didn't notice well we've always been there because it's part of who we are but then i believe just like in your journey <clears throat> people have said well that's not who you're supposed to be <laughs> or you need to show up this way in life and whether you're gay or lesbian bisexual transgender and where we're going to go at some point in this conversation, it's a part of who you've always been, but because of societal norms, we'll say, I was going to say pressures, which part of it is pressures too. It's like, well, this is where you're supposed to be. This is how you're supposed to show up. You're a guy, you're masculine, you have a dick and you're supposed to be this and you're supposed to like this. And then suddenly other things start to show up, feelings, emotions, how you feel. I remember, I remember when I really had the epiphany that this is who I am and it was in college. And then I went back into the closet, but once that, as you said, that little pop in the ear bubble happened, it never really went away. It just was part of who I am. So as that started to manifest itself in your life, what was the thing that you're like, yes, I guess I do like, both sexes what was that thing where it like really became clear to you like it was like okay I, I i now here's this you know from the heavens down came the announcement or was it like hey i guess this is who i really am i do kind of like men i do kind of like women um what was kind of that opening doorway for you it's funny that i don't think there was that epiphany it wasn't this strike of thunder and all of a sudden you know out of the smoke out of the ashes came right. my bisexual safe or something like that it was just like gradually like as i was thinking about it at some point i was like huh and i remember i, I do remember the moment where it was right before going to sleep um and i went to sleep and next morning i woke up and the first thing i did is i told my wife it's like so i guess i'm bisexual she was like huh okay you know, that's that was six, seven years into a marriage, into a really, really cool, awesome marriage, and and then that makes you think like, uh, what does that mean now, right? Mm -hmm. Like, is that is that possible? Can that work? And then I started to go on the internet, which is always a great idea, when you right. um, look for you know being ill or like like life advice or something like that, and just stumbled on all these things and all these experiences that were like, it can't work. Like, it's just not going to work. Don't even kid yourself. Get out as soon as you can, because it's just going to lead to heartbreak for both of you. Um, yeah, to, to, long story short, we're still here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we're still working on it. It can work. It's called a mixed orientation marriage. Um, and uh, yeah, man, it does take a lot of patience, a lot of soul bearing, a lot of tears and all of that. But um mm -hmm. It, it can work because um, yeah, just for, for, for my particular case, um, my wife's my best friend. Like I'm right. so unbelievably lucky to, to, to be with her. And well, you know, that's where it gets difficult because I, I, you know, for a while I was like, okay, well, my wife's my priority. Um, I'm never going to hurt her. And that's just the way it's going to be. And if I have to mm. stuff some, some, some things down, then so be it. All right. Um, but I find it interesting, first of all, one of the things that you said already that's really, it's almost like very eye-opening. And I'm hoping that some of the people who are listening to this, who may be still trying to find their way to really allow themselves to be who they are, it doesn't have to be this big epiphany moment, so to speak. As you said, not the heavens open and everything. It actually can just be, okay, well, I guess this is it. In my world, when it happened for me, the when it happened the second time for me, and I'm like, okay, this really is it. 
Yes. Yes, it did involve like a situation with a guy, but the epiphany wasn't the sex because there actually wasn't any sex. There was, I spent the night with him and we had a lot of intimacy of touching and holding and kissing and stuff like that. But that was the actual epiphany is, wow, I'm doing this with a guy and there's no sex happening here. But I felt so connected. I felt so alive. I felt so in touch with just being with a man. And that was the thing that opened the door. It wasn't like they haven't said, okay, now you're gay. Cause I kind of knew that. I mean, those who've listened to this podcast know that I wasn't ever faithful. Um, but it was coming from a place of let's just go have sex. Let's just go have sex. Let's just go have sex because it was like, let's, let's get that energy taken care of. Mm. But man, that night when that connection happened and that was the night I like, okay, I'm totally screwed up now because I could never have seen that in my own mind. But that was such a moment of, okay, now here's my reality. And it sounds like that's kind of what happened for you. It's like, okay, I guess this can be part of my reality. Now that doesn't mean suddenly, okay, everything's great. Cause as you alluded to, you know, now there's a whole new doorway that you got to work through in a relationship and stuff. But as you started to work through that, give us just a little bit of insights, like, what were some of the biggest challenges? Yeah. So the thing is, even once, or at least in my case, it was even once I realized that, wow, I, I do like men and women. And actually, as we'll probably talk about, like, like anything in between, like, it's, it's, it's you know, uh, sexuality is a, is on a spectrum. That's yep. why I totally understand where you're coming from when you say, you know, in the right circumstances, why, why wouldn't I be able to, to, you know, um, to, to be with a woman? Um, you know, I don't know if you've ever talked about the Kinsey scale on your podcast, but yep. but if you haven't, people should really check it out. And I think it, it makes total sense that, you know, if, if we're talking about closets and boxes, I, I think it's super freeing to, to think about, among other things, sexuality, just like gender as being on a spectrum. So it's like a one to 10 or whatever you want to put. Um, so, you know, yeah, maybe somebody can be 100% hetero, but, but more likely you're at a nine or an eight rather than a 10. Um, but anyway, I like to, to me, maybe that's me trying to make everybody buy just because I can't conceive why you would limit yourself. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, um, well, but I think so, most people yeah. want, don't want to admit that because, again, society says, here's your box. Yeah. Fit into this box. You know, and I, it's interesting that we're having this conversation because I was working with a client or working with a client this morning. And he's a he's definitely very much a heterosexual guy. But as we kept talking, there was this interesting space where I was joking with him in different ways. And this is totally unrelated to sexuality. I mean, this is another piece of what I do in my work. And um, I realized how sexually comfortable he was with himself to be having the kind of interesting conversations we were having about like, I'm just going to make you my bitch, man, if you don't do this, right? And he's like, well, you can be my bitch whenever you want. You know? And I'm like, this is so interesting to be having this conversation with a guy that I truly consider, like, I know he's, you know, quote unquote, 100% heterosexual, but he's obviously comfortable enough in his Kinsey scale to know that he can go these places and it isn't going to mean, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I've got some gay tendencies. It's just being who you are. And I love that you just brought that up, Fabian, because why can't we just be happy, fluid where we are? And if that's what works for you, then that works for you. If it doesn't work for somebody else, that's what works for them and let it be. I think this is where we get really hung up in this whole sexual gender identity sort of garbage that we find ourselves in, especially you as a individual who kind of has to quote unquote fit in this bisexual box, but there's more to that story. Yeah. So even once I realized, um, okay, so, so bisexual fits or, you know, um, it, it doesn't stop there because at first I thought it was really bisexual, but I thought I was still completely heteroromantic, meaning Okay, so maybe I could imagine being with a guy for a night or something because, you know, it could be fun and, and, and whatnot. Um, 
but then I also on a on a trip uh, met a guy where I could totally imagine. You know, if I wasn't married, I I could imagine having a relationship and having an amazing relationship. And also, like like in your story, nothing happened, not even kissing, um, but not for lack of wanting to. Right? There was just kind of this. No, I made a promise. I'm not going to cheat. Um, right. And and that's the way it's going to be because I that's who I am. Um, but the fact that nothing happened does almost doesn't even matter because right. I wanted something to happen, right? And that's pretty much the same thing, if you ask mm-hmm. me. So, so that was a very strong mm-hmm. signal to to kind of think about some things. Um, so, yeah, even even within that, you know, there's so much room for evolution and so much happening. And in my case, it's all internal because I really don't have any contact with, um, you know, the, whatever you want to call it, the queer community or, or, or like LGBTQ folks or whatever, mm-hmm. even though at that moment I was living in Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> um, but like a couple of months later, we moved to Africa and now I'm living in a country in Kenya where any um, homosexual conduct, any, any relationship between men is not just frowned upon, it's illegal. Mm-hmm. And in Uganda, just across the border, they just kill you straight up. Um, so that's a whole nother dynamic, right? Because I don't really have a lot of people to talk to about this. So it's it's mostly about reading and consuming things and that sort of thing. Um, so it's really strong internal work to kind of find my, my, my self image, I guess, if you will. Yeah. And it is one of the things that happens is that strong internal work. I remember, I came out at 19 and then I went back in very quickly because of pressure from family and stuff. And at that time I wasn't in a space in my own head where I could really think through it because everything then became about shame. So even as I crushed on guys that I was in college with and then continue, continued to start to see that, okay, this is what I really want, but yet I have to keep this hidden everything around it became about being internal in my own self, but the internal in my own self was also wrapped in a huge, huge shroud of guilt and shame. And then as everything started to unravel and I did meet my, what would soon become my wife, I'm like, okay, I can do this. But it all was again, wrapped in a shroud of guilt and shame because I knew in my own self that, okay, I can be with her, but I can't really be with her. And I I didn't have any problem from a sexual perspective having sex with her, but I knew what I really enjoyed more. And there was a time for me, um, Fabian too, that I thought, okay, I am probably bisexual. But as I went out in search of satisfying my desires, I never once, never once cheated on my wife with another woman. That was the thing that when I got into internal to myself, I'm like, okay, Rick, let's get real. (laughs) If this was really about you being bisexual and just wanting like, you know, to experience sex with lots of different people, you would be hooking up with women too. That wasn't my thing. And I think this is where going inside ourselves and starting to get real And it's got to be really challenging for you, given, you know, especially where you live currently and everything to have to live within those realms of, okay, this is me with myself. Mm. Is it okay if I challenge you a little bit on that? Sure. Absolutely. So one of the many self-doubts that you often have as a bisexual guy is, um, is it okay to call myself bisexual if I'm not going around sleeping with men? Right? It's is it okay to call myself bisexual if I'm in a in a hetero um, uh, marriage and, and I'm sticking to that? And I think the answer is yes. I, I think you don't have to sleep or be involved with both genders yeah. on a constant basis, or or have ever been, um, in order to, to to kind of earn the label bisexual. Right? Mm-hmm. I think it's. It's the capacity to be attracted to both genders, not the, you know, the proof of having been involved with both genders. 
Oh, I, I talk about this all the time with people who are like, well, I'm gay, but I don't know that I'm really gay because I haven't had any gay sexual experiences. And I will challenge my clients. I'm like, well, let me ask you this. <clears throat> when you think about having sex, what do you think about? When you think about being intimate or when you think about a life with another individual, what do you think about? And almost every time they're like, well, I think about being with a guy or I think about having sex with a man or I think about waking up and making breakfast with a guy. I said, it isn't the act of actually, quote, unquote, doing any of that. It's that this is where you find yourself most resonating. Yeah. So own that piece of it and be, start to get comfortable with that. Because there are a lot of people, I've had many, many clients, Fabian, where even though they lived here in the U.S., it wasn't safe for them to be out of the closet. It wasn't safe. Oh, yeah, I know there's a lot of places you know, where it isn't safe. Yeah, it's, and, and, so, and sometimes it's not even safe to be out of the closet in their own head because it drives them so mentally crazy, literally, not like they're insane, but it drives them to that place where they can't function because they know this is who they are, but they can't be out in their own mind. They can't be out. And I'm talking about people who probably could really be out, but because they feel they fear the pressure of family, mostly they don't believe mm -hmm. they can be who they want to be. So as you started to unpack this, because I want to get to like even the other piece of this for you, it's not just about even being just bisexual. There's another element in this for you. Yeah, which to me, honestly, yeah. So, so let's let's just go there. So so when I talk about it with you know with you off air, and when I talk to people who kind of yeah who, who I feel comfortable with, um, the way I label myself is rather pansexual than than bisexual, right? Mm -hmm. And to me, the difference is um, just acknowledging again that sexuality, just like. Um, or gender rather, just like sexuality, as we talked about before, is is on a spectrum, um, and it's it's not binary. It's not just man or woman. There's all kinds of stuff in between and outside of it. And so I think all of that is beautiful. So I just want to acknowledge that by using that label rather mm -hmm. than the the mm -hmm. fairly restrictive feeling bisexual. But it's the one that everybody understands. It's the one that's in LGBT. Um, so, so, you know, on a first contact, if I ever talk to somebody, it, 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 that's how I identify just to be um, understandable. Really. I found it interesting as, so I'm going to kind of go back to, you know, my whole story about, you know, yes, I'm mostly attracted to guys, but <clears throat> the right woman come along, I would necessarily consider myself bisexual. I would consider myself in that scenario pansexual because I'm attracted to the person, not the gender. I'm attracted to, parts. yeah, exactly. Because there's just a connection that then exists. If it happens to be an intimate relationship, then there's intimacy I share. I mean, I share intimacy with a couple of my straight friends who I don't consider them gay by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm very much attracted to them. I'm very much connected to them. I love both of those guys very, very deeply, but it has nothing to do with the penis between their legs. Hmm. Now, that would be the bonus on top. Yes, if that if I got to experience that with them, but that's not why I'm I'm that's not why I'm a friends with them. And that's not why I've gone so intimately and deep with those two guys. There's just a beautiful connection. And yet, if some of you were to say, well, that sounds like you're gay with them. No, I'm just very alive with them. I'm very much in that. And I have a couple of good girlfriends that I feel similar. Well, I have a good girlfriend that we have literally sat and, and cuddled and, and there's nothing there. It's a, it's a closeness. It's a connection we have that I don't feel like it has anything to do with, oh my gosh, is Rick going to jump back over the fence? And you know, now he's going to want women. That's not it at all. But yet, as we're talking about this, pansexual seems to like just really fuck with people's minds. It's like, wait, 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 wait. We, we don't get this. You got to do, you're either gay, you're lesbian, you're bi. We'll give you bi if that's, you know, if you got to have something. But then now you bring in the pansexual piece and people just, they have such a hard time with it. And often they don't even give you bi. Right, exactly. 
nobody's really bisexual. You just don't know that you're gay yet. You're just right. kind of like like in denial. I remember a couple of years ago, we were at a conference that we attend yearly for doing beautiful work in the world. And my husband and I met a guy at the conference who we, we just were like, oh, he's really cute. He's he's just he's a good heart, all this sort of stuff. And we were both very attracted to him. And he was like, cool. He goes, I find you guys super attractive, too. But I'm asexual. And it was just interesting to like be in that presence because he's such a warm, intimate, but it's like sex for him was, it was just wasn't anything really on his radar. It wasn't because he was a like turned off by it. It's just, it's not something that like drove him and not that we were trying to get in his pants, but we were just like, he's just a beautiful being. And so after I spent some time with him and got to know him and started to dive into that, he goes, oh yeah. He goes, we're a whole nother... <laughs> We're a whole nother, you know, spectrum on the scale where people like, okay, you're just fucked up. How can you not be interested in sex? How can not be? And he goes, it's just not something that, you know, he goes, I, I appreciate everybody. He goes, in fact, honestly, and, and he was one of the first ones I had a pansexual conversation with. He said, if I was going to say anything, I'm actually more probably pansexual than anything. If it comes down to what I'm attracted to, he goes, I'm just attracted to people but it doesn't mean I want to have sex with them. It doesn't mean I want to get naked with them. And I think this is where so many people get hung up on the labels. Yeah. Labels. I mean, on, on the one hand, they do matter, I think, because they provide visibility and they provide common language with which you can talk about shared experience. And on the other hand, it's so limiting, mm -hmm. right? Their sexuality, an asexual, I think that's another spectrum because there's also such a thing as demisexual, mm -hmm. right? That are that those are people that are not really interested in sex, but if like everything's right, like maybe once a year, maybe every two years, that as right. far as I understand it, you know, yep. then yeah, sure, why not? If it's like, but but it's not really the, the first thing. And then you can talk about what is sex. It's it's not just penetrative sex, right? right. Like there's there's all kinds of shades and and of like variations and that sort of thing that had nothing have nothing to do with that that you could conceivably think of as sex and usually it's a lot healthier to think of that of as sex as well so that penetration isn't all that matters because yeah why why should it that be the only thing that counts right but um, people are so yeah. used to this being part of the equation and I, I've done many many panels and spoke on many stages with you know individuals of the transgender community and it's always so interesting that and okay i'm going to put it in the right context here so college panels where we're with college students so there's still like lots of learning and and typically when we've been on those panels it's be, it'll be in a sexuality class or a gender identity class or whatever and it's so interesting to watch one of the first questions that'll come up to our transgender panel person is well, so you're a transgender woman, so you must be attracted to men. It has nothing to do with that. They they miss right. the whole thing, you know? Yeah. But because we've been put into these boxes, and yes, I agree, labels help us kind of understand each other. But I've often used this analogy, and you have a, a young child. So, you know, as a, as a father of a young child, I remember thinking once I realized, okay, yes, I'm gay, and now I'm raising young kids, how can I help? equate this when conversations with them and the easiest way i found to equate it is my daughters would not know that a tree is a tree until i tell them or somebody tells them that thing there with those things all over it that's really tall and lots of stuff hanging off of it that's a tree but if they were never told that was a tree it could be anything it could just be something that was created for us to enjoy and it's similar unless somebody says you're gay you're bi you're straight you're this you're that what would happen if we were just human such an interesting concept to think through it is and and that leads me to all kinds of places you know so um this is not something that i came up with honestly it's just something i heard on a on a on, on a savage love cast recently but i think it was very profound uh, is that I think a lot of homophobia and a lot of trouble with transgender identities and all of that is basically rooted in misogyny, 
in in the mm-hmm. conviction that that the the female aspect of humanity is somehow inferior to the male aspect mm-hmm. um, because the 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 idea of men, maybe in quotation marks, men acting like women, just freaks some people out so much. And why would that be if not that, for some reason, the male, yeah, the male energy is supposed to be superior, um, and and showing this weakness, if you will, just is is absolutely abhorrent. And um, yeah, so I, I think a true gender equality mm-hmm. will also. Um, help very much to reduce homophobia in society. I agree. And to make the assumptions, you know, one of one of the panel individuals that I, I spoke with a lot on those panels, uh, she came out as transgender when she was either f- somewhere like late 40s, early 50s. <clears throat> and so did not have the privilege of you know, gender reassignment when she was young prior to hormones and all that sort of stuff. So there was some definite masculine manifestation in how she presented. She remained married to her wife. Her wife was actually the one that said to her, if you don't do this, you're going to end up dead. And I don't want to lose you. And they are still a couple. It wasn't necessarily what the wife thought she'd signed up for, but she signed up for loving this person. And it's such a beautiful story to hear because it's a perfect representation of you love the person. And if you love the person, you will just continue to love the person. Now, when I talk to my friend, Michelle, and this has always come up on the panels as well, like, so what do you find yourself attracted to? And she goes, I'm a transgender lesbian. And she's always known as she began to like manifest, like in her own mind, like, okay, I know this is how I identify. This is what I look like. I mean, she tells beautiful story when she's on a panel about standing in front of a mirror and brushing her hair. And as she's brushing her hair at the time, she's obviously physically manifestation as a man when and and shorter hair like shorter like to just to the nape of the neck kind of a haircut but as she's brushing her hair she can even see the hair flowing down over her shoulders and and brushing it and seeing that and looking at herself and seeing these beautiful red lipstick on her face even though she's standing there as a man and you know at times having this this true feeling within herself and she says, you know, I could feel in my loins, in my, in my vagina, which she didn't have at that time, you know, this just beauty of who I am and imagining that I'm getting ready to go out and have a beautiful dinner with my wife. Such an interesting way of saying this is really who I am at my core and really manifesting that this is who I'm attracted to. But yet we as society say, okay, you have to fit into this box. So in your journey, Fabian, I'm curious, given, you know, obviously you've got, you know, some interesting challenges to like, how do you live with this? How do you see yourself moving forward? Do you eventually see yourself being able to, on a somewhat regular basis, experiment? What is your biggest desire? I mean, what would you like to say as a, pansexual individual what would be the thing that you would desire most knowing this about yourself good question so let's see um anything that i might want to do like any life that i want to design for myself i will design in co-creation with my wife because that's really the the north star uh that that's really what um what gives me strength is, is this relationship with her. Yeah. Um, and right now I'm not so much focused on that. Maybe that's because it's COVID times and you know, there's no chance to go out anyway with like and be safe and all of that. Um, but, but in general right now I'm more focused on, maybe it sounds weird, but, but a certain responsibility that I have because mm-hmm. I, I feel like I am very privileged. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, um, I, I feel like some listeners, if they're still here, 
um, they might say, so why do you, like, how do you think you've earned the right to consider yourself part of the LGBTQ community, right? Because you live in a hetero marriage, you're not kind of um, um, really showing outwards any signs of being queer or anything like that, because, yeah, I, I, I can't right now. Um, other than wearing Andrew Christian underwear, which is my like my silent rebellion, you know, where it's like, no, this is like this is at least for me like a little bit of an affirmation, right? Like right, I'm walking right. across the street, and yeah. Anyway, <laughs> just a little detail. Um, but so so that's part of why I'm here, and that's also the reason why I came out to my parents is representation. Mm-hmm. And what I can do to help people who aren't as lucky as I am, who aren't as privileged as I am, because I have the ability in a way to make myself invisible when it comes to queerness, right? I can just kind of go into this normal sea, into this closet, go in and out and, and without really anybody noticing. Right. Um, but that's not really what I want to do. I want to be able to, to, to represent who I am publicly in order to make it visible to people that we exist, mm-hmm. that we're out there, that they probably right. know somebody, they probably know quite a few people, um, but they're not aware of it because, because people don't dare or they don't want to hurt them or something. And, and um, <laughs> yeah, when I was talking to my parents, my mom was like, why would you tell us that? Like, why was that necessary unless you're planning to come home with a guy in four months, right? So why would you ever tell us that? And it was just like, because I want you to know who I am. Yes. Like I want to be. I want to be authentic when I'm around you because you are so close to me that I don't want to feel like I'm hiding by omission. If that makes sense. It makes complete sense. And this is such. I'm so glad you just said that, Fabian, because this is a a beautiful example of showing people why sometimes it may feel like the hardest thing to share but it's also one of the most beautiful things to share because you want people to know the real you. You just want people to know who you really are. And it may be hard for them to like, okay, but why did you share that with us? But I have worked with so many people through the years in my coaching who, when they really finally share that, there's like this huge weight that got lifted off their shoulders. This like the mask has gone off. They're not hiding They're not keeping something secret. And to the person who receives the message, they may be like, I don't know why you just shared that with me. And what I'd love for all the listeners to hear is that's about them. That's not about you. Yeah, absolutely. That's about them having to now like, okay, I'm having to confront something that maybe I don't know how to confront. Not that suddenly you're like, okay, so I've dropped this on you. Good luck figuring out how to deal with me. That's not what I'm getting at. It's about there's something within themselves that you just mirrored to them. Not that they're pansexual or gay or bi or any of that stuff, but some piece. And I have had people get pissed off at me about how open I am about being a cheater and all this sort of stuff. And you're such an asshole. And I said, I'm sorry you feel that way, but I'd invite you to think about why me sharing so openly has pushed a button in you because that's exactly what it's done. There's something about their own life experience that it has caused them to react that way. And again, that has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with them. And I think this is a big piece of the puzzle when we can embrace this and know that even as you shared, Fabian, like I shared this because this was important. You don't know what you're going to do with it yet. You know who you are. You don't know, you don't know where you're going with it. And that's why I asked that question, because I think it's important to know, we don't know where we're going with some of this, but at least now we're breathing. The freedom is there. The exhale, so to speak, has happened. Now you can walk forward into that exhalation and go, okay, now as it comes up, I'll figure out what's next. Yeah. And at the same time, in my experience, it's all about, being uncomfortable or becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because it, the part of it doesn't stop. And and I don't know if that's particularly by thing, but 
um, the, the bi people tend to have um, mental health issues uh, mm-hmm. almost more than any other part of the population because like you're not straight but often you also don't feel like you're you know you're fully part of of the queer community because you know they might look at you weird or maybe they don't but you feel like they might yeah right because um so yeah because yeah i can always go back to you know being being hetero or whatever and being invisible um and i can they're just picking the best of both worlds they're trying to have their cake and eat it too and that sort of thing um and um yeah they can really weigh on you if you don't feel like you belong anywhere and then then other bisexual people aren't all that visible very often mm-hmm. right because th- there's quite a few of us i think right i, I don't oh, yeah, know the exact are, statistics I mean, but i think are, more than right? half of yeah lgbt people are bi actually um mm-hmm. but i don't think we're as visible as other as other groups because I, I, actually, I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe well, because I, th- it I think it is because because it, because it is, and 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 I, you know, I'll probably get some hate mail for what I'm about to say here, but even within the LGBTQ community, there's a lot of just pick a fucking side, right? Yeah. And the thing is, is there isn't necessarily a side. It's just a okay, be you. And if there's I'm hoping there'll be some bisexual individuals that are listening to this, or maybe some people who are on the fence, like, well, I think I'm gay, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. And, you know, I really do love my wife or I love my husband, but there's this other side of me. Not everything is cut and dried of gay lesbian. There is the ability to be in the middle. And there even is the ability to be pansexual. In fact, one of my other friends who, really got me thinking about where do I fall given that I say, Hey, I I could do something with a woman Um, had a very beautiful story about he had a relationship with a woman. He also had a very interesting, intimate relationship with a guy. There was never sex until the relationship with the woman went away. And then he went and, ventured into the gay sex arena with the friend, but then he happened to meet another woman had been dating her two or three weeks. And she revealed that she was transgender had had everything but the bottom surgery. And she had made the decision not to have the bottom surgery because she loved her penis. And suddenly that was something that was very intriguing to him. And it actually turned him on. And so I remember that just jumping in there, you know, that from what I've read, the the most ordered sex robots that are being shipped have exactly that mix of parts. Yes. So there is something about that that's appealing to a lot of people. There is something that's very appealing to a lot of people. And when he came to me, he's like, okay, Mr. Coming Out Coach, (laughs) here's one for you. And I'm like, oh, that's nothing. (laughs) I said that, you know, just joking with him. But I'm like, so what if you just gave yourself permission to just enjoy, no pun intended, enjoy the ride? What would it feel like? Who has to know you're dating someone, a woman who has a penis? How does that really need to show up in your world? And he, of course, he painted all these pictures of like, well, what if we go out here? Or, you know, what if we get invited to a pool party? I'm like, trust me, brother. If she knows how to handle this, She'll know how exactly to show up at a pool party in a, and she'll probably show up in a rocking bikini and nobody will be able to figure it out. So just you, it's again, it was him being more uncomfortable than, than she was with what was unfolding in their relationship. And I feel like that's the interesting point of this whole conversation today is just show up, just be who you are. And Fabian, I think you've really shown an interesting perspective on that. Of You're just showing up with yourself right now. You don't have the ability to be out and doing stuff. You don't live in some place where it would actually even be super comfortable to probably be able to do stuff. But you are showing up for yourself. And that's where we all have to start. We have to show up for ourselves. Uh, authenticity is actually my kind of one of my three big core values. <laughs> so, so I really appreciate you saying that. Another one is actually courage and the third one is abundance and they all kind of play into this right that uh, there is enough 
love for me in this world to thrive on with my with the people that are important to me and everybody else you know if, if they don't like it then then so be it and um for a while i i did consider like we've been talking for a while and and um what was it, a year ago or something where mm-hmm. i was like dude yeah. i don't know if i can come on your podcast because i i give courses in china and saudi arabia and india and all of that and and, and i don't know what they would say i don't know if that kind of hurts my business and that sort of thing um and right now i'm at a point where i'm saying First of all, they're probably not listening to this anyway. Right. But, um, but, but the second thing is, like, do I really want to feel like I'm twisting myself into something that I'm not, even if mm-hmm. it's just for three hours? Um, yep. And I don't know. Like, it, it, it just doesn't feel right. Right. I just want to. I, and also, it feels like what I might be sacrificing is so ridiculously petty and little in comparison to what other people have gone through. Yeah. Not that that should really guide your thinking. It's like whether you have suffered enough, but, but just knowing how courageous other people in, in, in the queer community are. And, mm-hmm. and um, I, it just felt like, yeah, just take that. And it's not even a it. plunge. It's just a step off the sidewalk, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's, it's really not a big deal in comparison. So just, just show up in your limited way uh, and, and add to the representation um, because I don't know, it just feels right. And I love that you brought this kind of full circle with those values, because those are three values that most people aspire to, I believe, especially the authenticity and the courage. But I love that abundance is the other piece of that puzzle, because when you are authentic or you have the courage to be authentically who you are. There's abundance in life that starts to show up that you may not have ever even realized you could have. If somebody had told me in 1999, when I came out of the closet, by taking that courageous step to be authentically who I am, that I would have the privilege and the abundance of making money doing what I love doing, this podcast, coaching people out of the closet, doing all that sort of stuff. I would have told them they were freaking crazy. That's not going to be part of, I am a hospitality technology, you know, branding marketing guy. This is what I do. This is the box I fit into. And the universe had to kick me in the ass back in 2006 and say, you're done. You're done. You need to go do something else. And I fought it for almost three years until I finally said, okay, yes, I am going to go do this work. And it's amazing how that courage and that authenticity to be who I was led me to a very beautiful, abundant life that I now get to live, but I would have never saw it. And I'm so glad that's where you brought us as we wrap this up, because I feel that that's the message. When you have the courage to authentically be who you are, you're going to create an abundant life. It may not look like the picture that you think it is. It may not include certain people in your world that like, I can't, I can't be a part of this. If this is who you are, that's okay. Because somebody else will come in and fill the void. So before we wrap it up here, I have one last quick little question for you. So what do you feel like is something that's really changed for you in your life? Other than all the beautiful stuff you already shared, but it's really changed for you now that you've just embraced. This is who you are. This is how you're meant to show up in the world. It's, it's a freedom of sorts. It's this very strong consciousness of there's not just one right way to live your life. There's lots and lots and lots of beautiful, you know, parallel universes that you could dive into and lots of choices you can make. And it's just about what do you want to do with that? Like out of all those possible ways that you could live your life, what do you want to do? Um, and that is incredibly liberating. So true. So very true. So interesting that you said that. And well, this is where we'll wrap up. <laughs> I happen to be listening to this audiobook, and I'm not going to get it right, but it's something like the midnight library or something like that. And it's about this woman who has decided she just wants to end her life. And then in the middle of the night, she gets woken up into this library and this library is full of books. 
And the whole premise of the book, and I don't want to give it away too much because I'm hoping somebody will go start to read it. But the whole premise is all these books that are in this library are all the potential lives that she could live. And they all, and each part of the story picks up another story and she'll go, she'll go start, you know, that book gets handed to her by the librarian and, and then she goes and she starts to live that life. And, you know, one part, she's a rock star. One part, she's like, you know, in love with a woman, another part, she's, you know, a doctor, another part, she married her, but they keep bringing her back to the library because she's trying to find the life. And when you said there's no one way, right way to live your life, I'm like, oh, I have to share this piece because it's such a beautiful library of life that we're given where we, where we hurt ourselves, I believe. And what you just said is when we think there's only one right way to live our life, there's only one book and there's multiple books, multiple chapters, multiple versions of our life that I think each and every one of us have been invited to live and if we don't go live it as we've been invited to, that's the shame of living in my mind. So thank you so much for being here, Fabian. I love that we finally, we actually made this happen, man. We finally made it happen. So um, yeah, thanks for sharing. Yeah, I'm really and, happy too. Yeah, really great conversation. So thanks again. We'll have every way to kind of like get to know Fabian a little bit more on the podcast page, but happy pride, everyone. Go out there and if nothing else, Let's take what Fabian just said at the very end here. Remember, there is no one white ray to live your life and go out there and live it unapologetically. Take care, everyone. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life on Closet. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about and you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted and never stop stepping out, stepping up and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.